Welcome to the Gaming Going Deeper podcast, a podcast series by the Gamers Brotherhood, where we talk about personal development, mental health, and sexuality. We are your hosts, Michael and Matt. So Michael is a life and wellness coach specializing in sexuality, relationships, and self-confidence. And I am an intuitive life and spiritual coach and counselor specializing in healing and empowerment. So today we are talking about spiritual awakening. This is one of my favorite topics. <laughs> I can't believe we haven't talked about this topic before. Yeah, we've done a few on spirituality, but not the certain topic of awakening, which I'm so excited about. Yeah, yeah, this is a huge part of my life and a huge part of the work that I do. And uh, so I'm pretty, pretty excited. Um, so we're going to be talking about, uh, we have four questions that we're going to be going through. Uh, what does spiritual awakening mean to you? Uh, what has been one of the most profound spiritual experiences you've had? which should be a really interesting question. I'm looking forward to hearing your answer to that. Um, and what practices do you have to help you move through spiritual awakenings? And what has been your greatest learning when it comes to spiritual growth? So this should be loaded with good stuff. Yeah. I'm excited. Okay. So what is a spiritual awakening? Let's unpack that. So I'm, I'm basically, I created a piece of content on my Instagram and I'm just going to read it to you guys because it's got, it's got everything. Um, actually, maybe off the top, I'll say that this episode for me, not sure about Michael and what he'll be sharing, but this is a very anecdotal episode for me, as most of my episodes are like, this is my personal experience with spiritual awakening. This is a, a piece of content I created through, I believe it was my second awakening period that I went through and, uh, so yeah, this might not be indicative of your experience and uh, that's totally okay. But uh, whatever you take out of this, uh, great and leave the rest. Um, so I wrote here to be human means to have both physical and spiritual experiences of life. The spiritual awakening process is when we develop a greater relationship with the spiritual aspect of our existence. We may realize that there is more to life than what we have been conditioned to believe we may begin to question our own existence and seek to connect to something much greater than ourselves. This usually occurs through a healing process where we unlearn the conditioning or the indoctrination we have been taught and begin to seek a deeper truth that has been driven by our soul. Every person's awakening process is unique and the stages themselves or time spent in each stage will differ depending on the individual. Um, the spiritual awakening process can be best characterized by these six stages. So, you know, in the in the, the second question, I'm going to be talking a bit more about uh, this process that I went through, and I'll be walking through. But I'm going to I'll just kind of share theoretically. So, the first stage is called the wake up, right? So, this is uh, this stage involves some form of trigger to activate the awakening process. This may look like suffering, loss of control, chaos, existential crisis, or major life change. So this could be a divorce. It could be a death of a loved one. It could be the um, breaking up of a relationship. It could be some sort of um, big traumatic event that happened, something like that. Um, usually the symptoms in this stage are going to be, uh, your, this is where your ego begins to lose control. Uh, you may begin to feel a little bit uneasy, anxious, angry, victimized, or overwhelmed. These are, those are the things that I was experiencing. Um, and then there's like this interesting period that happens. Uh, the second stage is called the bliss. 
And so when I had my, my incident, it, I was quite destabilized for maybe a couple of days. And then I went into this period of, of bliss. I felt a lot of oneness and I was like, Oh my God, I'm enlightened. This is amazing. And it lasted for about a month. And then, yeah, that ended quickly. <laughs> so uh, this stage involves feeling the high of your heart staying open and feeling reconnected to your soul, uh, maybe for the first time in a long time. Uh, you get a taste of unity consciousness as a way to move you to keep moving forward through the next four stages. Um, so the symptoms during this stage might be you feel ecstasy, oneness, connectedness, compassion, and unconditional love. And then the beast of them all begins, which is the dark night of the soul. And Michael has a whole episode on this one. So I would recommend going and and listening to that. I listened to that one and it was a really great episode. So, um, so this stage tends to involve a deep amount of suffering and healing. This is when we purge and release anything that is no longer serving us. We heal any karma that is holding us back. This stage tends to be the hardest stage in the awakening process. Um, Symptoms during this stage uh, could be your old self dies off uh, to make room for your authentic self to emerge. This can look like deep suffering, anger, sadness, despair, anxiety, depression, confusion, and exhaustion. I have a lot to say on this stage. Um, I'm sure you do too. So I'm going to be talking a lot about that when we share, but I'll just keep going here. Um, the next stage, number four, is the void. So this stage is the path, the space between the old self dying off and the authentic self emerging. Um, it is the stage where we rest and integrate all the deep healing that occurred in the dark night of the soul. Uh, during this stage, you may feel flat, lost, confused, exhausted, depleted, disinterested in life. There might be lack of motivation. You might feel quite introverted or lonely from in this stage. Um, this stage is really hard too, actually, now that I think about it. Um, stage five is the grounding. So the stage is where we grow our roots deep into the ground and begin to experience more stability in who we are and how we want to engage with the world around us. So you can think about like a tree, right? A tree can only grow as high as the roots go deep. And when we don't have that depth going down into the earth, we topple, right? So this is where we really start to root down into mother earth. And, um, you know, it's, it's quite a beautiful beautiful stage so this you can probably notice that this is it gets a bit lighter as as you go um so symptoms during this stage you might experience more emotional maturity stability less emotional roller coasters inner strength increased sensitivity and intuition and a higher tolerance to suffering and then the last stage. Um, so this one is a deep connection to your purpose and meaning. Uh, this stage involves feeling more connected to your soul and the path that has been chosen by your destiny. You feel as if you know what you are, why you're on this planet and you feel inspired to fulfill your mission. So symptoms during this stage, you may experience more consistency, more trust in the universe and yourself, remembrance of your worth, valuing your freedom, autonomy and sovereignty, and a deep connection to your authentic self. So I, I want to also reiterate that these stages are not linear. And in my experience, I've gone through these processes now three times. I'm going through my third um, awakening process. Some people go through this once. They have a spontaneous awakening and we don't like those people. <laughs> They're lucky. <laughs> but um, it has. Like Eck Eckhart Tolle talks about that in his. He had a spontaneous awakening process and um, lucky bastard. But uh, those are also can be extremely painful too. But mm. 
So I've had like three like medium sized awakenings. Um, and I'm hoping this one that I'm going through now is is my last one, uh, at least last big one. I know we're always awakening and we're always expanding, but I feel like, you know, the what makes these really painful is because we're unearthing um, our past and we're healing the parts of us that are holding us in ego or holding us in suffering and fear and shame and uh, and these things. So once you heal those aspects of yourself, you're not going back into that cycle. So I'm really hoping this last uh, one I'm going through and the purging that I'm going through right now is really releasing um so yeah i think uh you know if i were to define a spiritual awakening for myself like it would be the expansion of consciousness through healing the parts of us that are rooted in fear and shame you know that's been my journey fear and shame have been the two things that have really held me down in in my process and uh so you know i look at i look at like my my awakening my spiritual awakening has been you know, the agent of change has been suffering and pain and, and these sorts of things. And I think for a lot of people, it is that right. It's a, it truly is a healing process. So, um, and then I also have here like being empowered by letting go of what is disempowering us. So like self-limiting beliefs and any unhelpful conditioning. And that was a big part of my process. My spiritual awakening was letting go of stories that weren't serving me, uh, based off of systems that I, um, inherited those stories from so whether that's you know government or religion or family system and and really shedding that away so I can create my own stories and come into my own power um, so I do see the spiritual awakening process as a, a quite a, a challenging process but the end result is always more power more uh, more freedom it truly is the path of liberation in my opinion so yeah I'm curious for you Michael what uh what does spiritual awakening mean to you? Beautiful intro. I, I loved uh, I loved all those stages. And as you were talking about the mat, I was kind of thinking through mine. And I'm really happy you talked about that linear piece because I was like, I don't know which one came first. It doesn't it doesn't look that way, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, they all kind of happened in their time. Yeah. Um, but it was really, really well done. So thank you for thank you for starting us off with that. I think it's uh, going to be very helpful for a lot of people out there. Cool. Um, I want to also reiterate what Matt had said at the beginning. So for anyone listening to, to what I have to say on this topic, same thing as what Matt said. This is very personal and it's anecdotal. Um, so what I'm sharing today, same. I'm by no means saying that this is the truth. It is my truth. It is a truth. And I believe that there's millions, if not billions of truths out there. So all, all we're advocating for here, I think I'm speaking on behalf of Matt as well, is to you know find your own truth, whatever that may be. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um, to answer the question, uh, what does a spiritual awakening mean to me? Everything you said, <laughs> um, this is a great question. I was trying to find, you know, how I, I love to try to answer things as simply as possible, then I end up going way off into the weeds. <laughs> but if I had to answer it as simply as possible, um, it's kind of like I can I can see my life before and after. And although the things in my life didn't change too, too much, I mean, they did, but not really. Yeah. The way I look at them and the way I perceive life mm -hmm. and myself has changed. So the best way I can define it is, is it's kind of like you're living your life in a 2d world. Mm. And then all of a sudden you learn that there's a third dimension mm. and everything's like, Whoa, okay. This changes things. Right. Yeah. Or maybe like living your life in black and white. Then all of a sudden you realize there's color. Like the things are still there. You just are looking at them um, with more complexity, at least for me uh, with more depth, I would say is the word that I want to use. Um, and that includes inner and outer. So 
it's like a deeper sense of awareness that you grow and build. It doesn't just happen overnight, at least same as what you were saying. It wasn't, wasn't that way for me. Um, but yeah, it's just a greater sense of awareness, awareness of the world around me, um, the complexity of it, the connectedness, I'm going to say, of it, and also a deeper sense of within. So my inner world of thoughts, intuition, feelings, dreams, even, um, you know, all, all of that stuff. So I would say that awakening is really a flicking on of, of a light that just yeah. shows you things that maybe you weren't aware of before. Um yeah. And deeper feelings as well. I'm just going to say that too. So as I was saying, like, you know, you wake up to a world of color one day. Mm -hmm. um, also, it's it's within too. It's like, I realized that I am so much more than I thought I was, uh, yeah. which is a wonderful thing. But it also means a lot of added responsibility, Yeah, which we'll talk about that as well later. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So I think that's, that's what it is for me. It, when we talk about awakening, it's really seeing things in a new way and it really changing your perspective on everything it kind of for me it affected all areas of my life yeah yeah ditto and you talk about the light switching on and the first thing that came to my mind is once you see you can't unsee yeah and that's the thing with this process is it's like if you're going to go down this rabbit hole and i think there is a i think these things happen spontaneously like they the, yeah. the this you know you can seek it but it'll hit it'll hit when it's meant to hit but then you choose whether you want to go down that path or not you can resist it or you can choose to go down that path and once you go down it's like a rabbit hole you can't unsee what you've seen that's been my experience and you know sometimes i'm like fuck <laughs> like <laughs> i want ignorance is bliss again like i it want is. that and i see people yeah. that haven't had their awakening processes yet and they're just like they're just, you know, if it, it, well, and, and I perceive this, right? This is totally a, perce a perception. I perceive that they're coasting through life. Yeah. And it's just, you know, you know, and maybe, maybe like some people I think come into this life and they're not meant to awaken in this life as well. Like I know people like that, like, you know, some of my family members and they're older and it's like they're, they haven't woken up yet. So like, I don't think that's happening for them. And some people come into this world to experience that 3d world. And then some people are meant to ascend into these higher dimensions, depending on where you're at. Right. I believe in soul lives. And I think we yeah. reincarnate and we come into, we come into life and we move through karmic experiences. And then so, you know, some of these karmic experiences expand us, open us up and, and allow us to move towards that next level. Right. And uh, so, you know, and that would be characterized by like new souls and old souls, like old souls have awakened and they've transcended many times in their lives, which makes them an old soul and then new souls come in and they're here to experience the material world and really soak in that material world and not you know even bother with that spiritual world and that can be really beautiful too right like we're mm -hmm. and that's the thing about being human is we get both the the human and the material or sorry the material and the spiritual um, aspects of life and some of them are in different ratios right some people get more of the spiritual and less of the material and and vice versa so yeah and i think that awakening piece is identifying with more of the spiritual because i mean for me it you were, were i mean i wasn't taught that really not not in yeah. the way that i know it now anyway um and so my life was very much this is the world is what i can see touch smell like very tangible yeah and it was me it was all around me like yeah. my perception which i get it i mean it is my perception that hasn't changed but to realize that there are other perspectives and perceptions out there and that you know what's that saying you are a spiritual being having a human experience yeah. not a human person who has a spiritual aspect of your life it's the other way around yeah yeah, yeah exactly 
Exactly. Um, so in my definition, I use the, 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 you know, the term expansion of consciousness. And I think I use that term a lot on this podcast. And I don't think I've ever actually ex explained what that means to me. And I think it's important to talk about it. And we even have that in like some of our mission statements yeah. in the podcast. Like, you know, we were here to help elevate the consciousness of yeah. the gay community and, and whatnot. So what does that even mean? And, you know, you used a perfect word in your definition of, of spiritual awakening, which is awareness, right? I see consciousness and awareness as kind of like synonyms, like they go together and consciousness for me, you know, you think about self consciousness, it's an awareness of self. We have an awareness of self when we're self-conscious, we have an, we have an over awareness of ourselves. We're too focused on ourselves. Um, so consciousness is this awareness. So I think when, when we are conscious, you know, there's different, I guess, aspects of consciousness that I, how I would describe when we have awareness of ourselves, we're looking at like thoughts, emotions, beliefs, our shadows. Um, and when we start to really understand ourselves, we get access to our subconscious, which would be where our shadows lurk and, and these kind of split off aspects of ourselves. Um, so that would, that for me, that's like when we do this inner work and we have a spiritual awakening, we're really, really expanding our consciousness of ourself and our awareness of ourselves. And you know, in my journey, in my experience, it's been, you know, when we do the shadow work, we get really privy to our lower self, right? I believe we have higher self, lower self, you know, whatever you want to call that ego soul. Um, but we have this, this, these two parts of ourselves. And um, when we expand our consciousness, we're, we're privy to this, and we start to be able to connect with our ego. And a, a lot of people are walking through this, this, you know, life experience, like in their ego, their ego is them. And they see the world through this, this lens. When we have a spiritual awakening, we expand out and we're able to develop our witness consciousness, which is able to see the ego, right? If, and you know, if I, if I can reflect back to you, what I just said, that means I'm not, I'm not my ego self. I'm not the self that's talking right now. I have an ability to be able to, um, to be the witness to my voice speaking right now to the things I'm saying to even my thoughts, right? So we get privy to that. And then I think once that happens, we expand out even more and we start to develop a stronger awareness of others. And we don't just see others through the lens or an extension of us and, you know, projecting everything onto like, you know, and, and we, we, we were able to see beyond the veil or the mirroring that's happening within the relational paradigm. And that is like powerful. <laughs> and that's actually one of the, my greatest sufferings in my spiritual awakening is, is seeing, um, you know, being, well, being trapped in that egoic state and, and only seeing people through the extension of yourself is very, very painful because everybody's mirroring back to you, your shit, right? When you start to, to expand open, you start to be able to get um, separation and recognize that, yes, we are all one, we're one unified energy, but we're also separate in the sense of our personalities, and these sorts of things. So we're able to kind of negotiate and discern between these, these two worlds. Um, and then I look at like, uh, you know, awareness of, of the collective. So I think as we expand, we do get senses of oneness, and that we are all one big energy um, on this planet, right, um, coming from from one source, right? And then uh, awareness of spirit would be another aspect of consciousness. So for me, um, you know, as I've gone through these, this, these awakening processes, like I, 
I'm so much more connected to the spiritual realm and I can feel the energy of trees, of the river, of, you know, I have, I, I'm able to speak uh, clairsentiently to my guides. I have guides that, that I work with. Um, and uh, this process for me has made me way more sensitive. Mm-hmm. So it's like the, the, the veil between the material and the spiritual world is a lot thinner now. Right. And I feel everything. So it's been, uh, it's been very beautiful, but it's also, it can be really confusing going through that process. Cause it's like, you know, I, you know, you know, that state when you're like laying in bed and you're drifting off to sleep and you kind of like fall like a bit and then you come back into this and you, it, you feel like you're kind of hovering between those two worlds. Like I can access that state in like, um, like just in, in life. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you, you, cause when you hear like voices, um, in that state and you're kind of like it's like a thought that you're not you don't have control over and it's just coming in um i don't know it's hard to even describe right and it sounds almost like you know it's like schizophrenia or something but it's not <laughs> like I'm, I'm very aware that this is um this is some some sort of entities right at play uh and so it's really cool yeah an awakening does kind of feel that way sometimes schizophrenic i, I get that that's funny because yeah. i think anyone who's experienced it kind of knows what you're talking about um, yeah. I want to add something to the sensitivity. You really yeah. struck something for me. So yeah. yes, you know, the sensitivity to that spiritual side, but also, you know, one of the things that I noticed is I became a lot more sensitive to just the world around me as well in a good way. Yeah. So I was able to, I am able to experience empathy a lot more easily than I was before. So yeah. it's it's harder for me to ignore pain in the world and ignore pain in others. Um, yeah, it's it, and the other side of it is, I also, it's easier for me to feel joy. There's mm. so much more for me to feel joy about because I'm seeing miracles, uh, blessings, things to be grateful for um, <clears throat> everywhere, everywhere. I mean, I, I look I look down the street and I look at a tree and I'm like, oh, wow, this like everything to me, especially in nature, I revere it. So there's just more to be joyful about. And there's also more pain that I'm sensitive to. So I think the sensitivity works both ways for me. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. It's... Uh... It can be a pain in the ass, totally <laughs> being sensitive for sure. Yeah. Uh, uh, okay. I have a couple more points that I wanted to make, and then we'll go into the second question. But uh, uh, what did I want to say? Oh, actually, yeah. Speaking of that, so spiritual awakening symptoms, they show up very similarly to psychopathology, meaning like, you know, a perfect example of that would be like schizophrenia, right? Um, these sorts of things. Um, so it's it's interesting. I I, I want to make a disclaimer here. Like if you're having some of the things that we're talking about, I would definitely say seek medical advice, but I would say do so with discernment because I don't want to be that person that's like, you know, seek psychiatry and get put on all these medications and like numb out this process for yourself because part of this journey is to feel, to heal, right? So we need to have our 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 emotional messengers online. They're mess- They're sending us wisdom and data constantly about what we're experiencing. But I also recognize that there is lots of psychopathology in our world and it needs to be treated with medication and these sorts of things. So I would say, you know, for me, when I went down this path, um, I sought out holistic psychiatry. So getting put on like nutraceuticals as opposed to pharmaceuticals as like a first stop, like, is this something, can I calm my mind? Can I calm the experience of anxiety or create less of a, of an environment of depressiveness in my system um, with doing nutraceuticals or doing um, somatic therapy or these sorts of things. So I would say, listen and tune into your intuition. 
right? If you've had something like this and, and you've been experiencing this for a long time, frequency is high, intensity is high, duration is high, I would say, yes, definitely go and seek um, medical advice. But I would say there's also a place in this sphere uh, for shamanistic healing, right? Going to medicine people that have done this work, indigenous people that have done this work. So, you know, listen to your intuition. Like I've, I've, I've played in all these arenas and I know they've all been, a, they've all had a part in my process. Um, so I would never look at something and say that there's no value there. Right. I, again, I, I live by the motto, take what's good and leave the rest. And mm -hmm. don't be opposed to going into a new arena and exploring if there's something in there that can support you through this. Because I think a lot of us, we look at life through the lens of like science. And if there's no scientific data to show that this isn't effective, then it doesn't work. And I, you know, I, I do believe that to a certain degree, like I'm very evidence-based in a lot of the things that I do, but there's also an aspect of me that I don't need evidence. I, the evidence is I, my intuition, I feel it. Um, you know, and I, I believe we, we live on a, on a, on a planet that is operating <laughs> in a universe that is infinite. Like I couldn't, I couldn't even sit here and, and explain the, you know, there's billions and trillions of planets and galaxies with billions of planets in them. There's even, you know, research coming out that there's could be possibly black holes in certain galaxies that go open up to a whole other universe, right? So we can't say that on this one measly planet in this massive universe that we know, right? That, that right, which would be the body of science that we know everything. Yeah. So I believe there's always uh, room for us to be curious, you know, and to not, not be like, we know it all as a, as a human race. I think there's so much more to be explored. So I always leave kind of a crevice open for like the unknown to exist in my experience, which allows me to move towards and be open to new experiences, new people, new ways of healing, right? These sorts of things. So I would encourage the listeners to, to keep that crevice open, right? Of, yeah. of just like, yeah, yeah. Um, and then lastly, what did I want to say here? Oh, this book. So uh, Dr. Hawkins, David Hawkins does some really great work on levels of consciousness and transcending levels of consciousness. He has a book called Power Versus Force. Um, uh, what was the other one? Something Surrender. And then this one. So I've done a lot of his reading and uh, it's pretty awesome. So if you're interested in more of that, you know, it's, I would say it's more quantum. Like he does a lot more like quantum. I'd say he's like psychology meets quantum physics, uh, which is like two arenas that I love to explore. So um, very much would recommend that book, Transcending Levels of Consciousness, The Stairway to Enlightenment by uh, Dr. David Hawkins. For those of you that are listening. Okay, so I'm curious, why don't you begin? Because I feel like I'm doing a lot of talking. What has been one of the most <laughs> profound spiritual experiences you've had, Michael? Uh, I love listening to your talking, so it's perfectly fine. Okay. Um, yeah, this was a tough one. I, I mean, I, I'll answer it generally, and then I, and then I just thought of a very specific example. So okay. in a general sense, like a phase of my life that was very profound would be the dark night of the soul. Mm -hmm. um which for me was let's call it like six months or so ish mm -hmm. uh and i did a whole podcast episode about it um and i have a blog post about i have a lot of content about that dark night of the soul um and for me similar to what you had said it was it was very profound in that it was a complete like reset of how i saw myself in the world and my place in it 
Um, and it led to a very painful, but ultimately deep questioning of who I am, what I want, why I'm here, my identity, my values, my belief systems, how, what I'm pursuing and why, uh, my perceptions. So that was really profound for me. And it, and it led to, I think the part that was painful about it was, was like you had said in the beginning, it started with pain and suffering. It came to me through a period of my life that was very difficult. And I didn't quite understand why it was so difficult. Um, and all of the traditional ways that I had usually kind of gotten myself out of those kinds of situations were not working. It just wasn't happening for me. So I was kind of like left with, okay, where do I turn now? The way I imagined it was like the universe kind of squeezing all my options out. Mm-hmm. So I had no choice, but to like look for a third option out of two, for example. And I'm like, oh, what's this door? I didn't notice the store here before. So again, going from two dimensions to a third. Um, and that's why I would describe it, but it felt terrible. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but think of it as like a shedding of the skin. Cause uh, you know, in going through that process and realizing not realizing, but trying to figure out what matters and what doesn't, who am I, who am I not, all of this stuff. As a grown man, by the way, this didn't happen to me when I was young, necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, but it leaves that shedding of the skin leaves us feeling very raw mm-hmm. because that skin is like a protection of sorts, right? Those masks are there to protect us. Um, and it also left me feeling very vulnerable and raw and not having not being equipped emotionally to handle that or deal with it. So uh, I had to, you know, learn myself, seek out spiritual teachers, books, you know, all the things. Uh, I wish you were around at the time, Matt, but you weren't around. But uh, mm. I, I imagine you would have been a really helpful person to have around the time. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think going through that was definitely one of the most profound experiences. Um, it led me to have a lot more humility. Oh, yeah. Compassion empathy, uh, detachment from things that I had really was, were not giving me any kind of satisfaction, like in a material sense, not to say that I've become completely detached from material pursuits. That's not the case at all, Mm. at all, at all. I just, my identity wasn't wrapped up in it. Yeah. Right. Uh, so you can you can want material pursuits like money and all the things, but that doesn't mean that that's where you're going to get your sense of connectedness, belonging, and happiness, right? At least yes. for me. Yeah. So that was a really profound, one of my really profound uh, experiences. But that's a general one. I don't know if you had asked this looking for a very specific experience or a general I, one. I was just going to have a follow up question. I was going to say, what was the wake up stage one? Like, was there a, a trigger? Was there something that created that to occur? Yeah. Um, I remember a specific moment where I was in, um, I had broken up with my ex at the time, my, my boyfriend at the time, and one of my friends took me to New York City uh, to just kind of have a weekend away. Mm-hmm. And it was just like a boys weekend, have fun, you know, all that, all that drink and find other guys and get my mind off the kind of thing, mm-hmm. which typically would have worked. No problem. That's what always worked before. But in this particular time, it did not work. I was getting sick. I was just... It was not happening. So one night we went out in uh, Hell's Kitchen. I think the bar was called Industry. I don't know if that still exists. Um, and everyone's having a great time. And I just broke down and started crying in the middle of the dance floor. Well, everyone around me is having the best time ever. And I normally would have been. But I just, just broke down and I like collapsed to the floor, like fell to the floor. And um, he picked me up and was like, let's get you to the washroom. And yeah, I was just so sad. Uh, and again, I don't even think it was about 
the the ex necessarily like that was kind of the symptom that was the thing that started it but it wasn't about him it was there was something more going on i just that that's what kind of got me there and then in that questioning of like why why is this hitting me so hard that's when i really started asking deeper questions of myself and who i am and what i want and all these things and that's where it led me to huh i think there's more to this than just like a breakup and it obviously was more than just a breakup hmm. um that was the painful experience like kind of the moment where i was like okay this is not me like this is yeah. a different there's something's going on here um yeah i have another experience that was kind of on a more positive note i can share yeah. but maybe maybe you want to share yours first no no you go ahead i i think i want to i i think this episode is so well, I, I'm just really enjoying it. And it's like, yeah. like when I think about like why I wanted to start the Brotherhood is because I wanted this. I was craving this so bad. So I'm like lit up right now. So keep <laughs> talking. And if this goes over, whatever, we'll break it into two if we need to. Okay. Of <laughs> course, of course you're lit up. Um, okay. So on a, on a more positive, maybe specific situation. So the question was uh, describe a, a profound spiritual experience that you've had, right? Okay. Yeah. So this is profound to me and I'm going to do my best to put words to this, but there are no words. It was really something that I, I only, I will ever understand the, the magnitude of, but I'll do my best. Um, so, um, in 2019, 2020, I was traveling for six months after I had lost my job and between my corporate job and my coaching starting Willismo, um, I was traveling and one of the stops I had made was in a place called Las Palomas, which is in the Canary islands in Spain. And I was there by myself. All this traveling was done by myself. And it was February 2020. And y'all know I love a good beach. So I was there for the beach. And there was two ways to get to the main beach. One is you could take an Uber or a taxi and get driven to the Playa del Inglés. Or you could like walk an hour through this like desert sand dune situation to get to the beach. Obviously, I chose I'm going to walk through the desert <laughs> together, <laughs> right? So I did, and somewhere along, I was there alone. So somewhere along this this journey was maybe in an hour. Um, I was just like minding my own business, and I, I was just overwhelmed with the only way I can describe this is love. Hmm. Out of nowhere, I wasn't thinking about anything particularly. I was just on my own going to the beach, and all of a sudden, like I was overwhelmed with this expansive feeling of again, what I'm just going to call love, maybe joy. And I started again crying, but this time it's crying out of joy. And I was just so enamored with literally anything and everything around me. Mm -hmm. And I was in the middle of the desert. Um, yeah, it was, it was a moment that came out of nowhere. I, I feel almost as if something came over me, if that makes sense. Like an energy came over me and like, it was like, like, whoa, okay. Like what's happening right now? Like it's something took over me and was experiencing the world through me is, I don't know if that makes any sense. That's the best way I can describe it. It was, it was like pure joy in the most simplest pure form without needing to do anything or think anything. It was just immediate presence in the exact moment. And everything around me was just coming through me in the most grateful, beautiful way. Um, and I wasn't even at the beach yet. <laughs> I hadn't even got there. I was in the middle of the desert. It sounds very <laughs> biblical as I'm saying, as I'm saying now, um, but it was probably one of the most profound experiences. And I don't know what that was to this day. I can only describe it as, as probably a very spiritual experience of pure elation. Yeah. Wow. That's really powerful. That's really powerful. I'm trying to intuit what that might've been for you. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost as if, 
a spiritual being came into my body to like see and touch and smell and experience the tangible world. Mm-hmm. And that's why I felt so um, overwhelming, but in a good way, overwhelming. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's powerful. And this, and this isn't really, uh, I, I was trying to tune in and, and feel what that could have been. And I think, you know, these are the two things that came through, take it for what it's worth. But um, <clears throat> perhaps you had a past life and you had been to that location oh. at, some, at some place. Maybe you lived in that region and that's why you were called back there. And then there was something, some sort of resonance, right? I believe that the land has elementals and and energy right so i remember like remember when i moved to asia and lived there for a year the energy was completely different like the the spirit beings i was working with and connecting with over there were so different than the ones here in mm-hmm. calgary and uh so that's one and then possibly you were connecting to your a spirit guide a spirit guide was communicating to you um in that moment in time and maybe your heart was open to be able to kind of connect on like a deeper level and it really connected you in. And yeah. Yeah. When I, when I tried to like dissect it from an intellectual level, I was, I was like, what was I thinking about? Like what was going through my mind? And I was honestly in that moment, just very like, yay, I'm going to the beach. Like what a great, what a great time to be alive. Like wasn't doing anything to try. It was just, I was very much in the moment, which I think is important presence. Uh, for me, that's a big deal. Like when I'm anytime I'm actually feeling just present with nature especially with nature it's easiest with nature i can do it with people too but it's easy with nature mm-hmm. like not thinking about nature but actually like just t- turning the mind off a little bit and like being with it interconnected with it uh that usually is a an easy way for me to feel that same kind of joy not at that level but i can kind of get maybe halfway there if i mm-hmm. if i want to hmm. yeah it's amazing so it's pretty powerful what uh presence does for us it just pulls us right into well it's i i look at presence as the refuge from everything mm, yeah right? if when we're suffering it's like you know i'm going through a lot in the last nine months and the only time that i feel relief from the suffering i'm going through is when i'm present right and it's hard though when we're in that because my mind wants to try and find safety in thinking about the future and predicting it and then pulling the past in and right so it's like oh my god the past and the future are so much suffering and then the presence is like right where i can breathe and i can take a break but i think that's part of a spiritual awakening too and suffering it teaches us how to be more present because we realize that the presence is the only way the place that we're not suffering right it's very buddhist yeah it is very buddhist that's what a lot of my my practices are informed by well peruvian shamanism and and buddhism would be i'd say the two intersections right and i've taken out of those modalities what works for me and you know my spiritual practice is very eclectic but if i if it had foundation to it it would be buddhism and yeah and like the cosmology like the, the work within the peruvian shamanism stuff so yeah it's uh Powerful. Do you feel complete in, in your share? Yeah, yeah. I answered it in, in, in a few different ways. So yeah, I feel complete. Okay. Um, yeah, I was trying to think when, what I wanted to share in this question because I could share a lot. But there was one experience that really stands out. I would say this is, well, what I'm going through now is the third the third dark night, I call. But so that would be, it's essentially my third awakening process. Um, all three of them have been longer, well, the first two, the first one was about a year. The second one was 18 months. And then this one is like, I'm on going on my 10th month. It's 
exhausting and I'm hoping it ends soon um, because it's, it's kicking my butt. But uh, so I'm going through, or I went through a process um, with a, a partner. I had, I had started to do a lot of deep work on my attachment style. I started to, to meet a part of me that, from just a lot of therapeutic work I was doing and I started to kind of get expansion going and I started to to meet a part of myself that I had repressed and put down and I think that's another you know sign of a spiritual awakening is we start to meet the parts of ourselves that maybe we didn't have the capacity to meet prior so we expand out and then we have to step in to this new energy and then we start meeting new parts of ourselves we're like oh shit I forgot about that or that memory or this trauma right so I had just done a period like that and then I met uh, Ben and Ben and I are (laughs) I think like twin flames to a certain degree very very mirroring of each other we'd mirrored all of our shit to each other it was a really painful yet beautiful relationship and uh and I, the, we had, we had started dating the first two months was long distance. And then we, we met finally in Vancouver. Cause I had moved to Vancouver. I was planning on moving there actually anyway. And he was heading from Winnipeg to Vancouver. Cause he spends the summers in Winnipeg and uh, we matched on Tinder started whatever. So we finally met in person and I was feeling quite raw. I had was just discovering my demisexuality. I was like really protective of my body. So we had started just getting to know each other before things got intimate. And then we decided consciously to like explore our bodies and have intimacy together. And um, I had this crazy experience. Like we, but before things even started, I started having like burning, like really bad burning in the base of my, like my root and it was it felt like I had to pee but like I I couldn't pee and then I felt like it was just like such a strange sensation it was really painful actually and it then we so I kind of like laid on the bed and I was like I'm not sure what's going on like you know um and then all of a sudden my body started like kind of like doing all these like weird things like I was like coughing profusely like and I couldn't control it and then I felt all this energy moving from the root of my of of my spine all the way up and it felt like it all kind of got concentrated in my throat and I started coughing and then I started crying really heavily and um, this went on for like 30 minutes and Ben is like very empathic as well. So he was just like holding me through this. And as I was going through it and, uh, and then it, yeah, I don't know what it, what it was. I'm, I have a feeling I did a lot of research after, I think it was a Kundalini rising experience, but usually what the Kundalini rising experience does is it moves from the root and it blasts out the crown and it opens up your crown chakra, which allows you to connect in, you know, it's like one of the, one of the aspects that happens before enlightenment but mine got stuck at my throat and it still hasn't moved beyond my throat. And um, I think a lot of my stuff that I experienced in in my life was don't speak your truth. Don't Mm -hmm. share, which is probably why I share now because like I I unblocked aspects of of this. And um, I remember when I was a kid, I had like strep throat, like all the time, you know, just lots of manifestation in my throat area. But so that was my wake up. And then I went into this bliss stage after, and I thought like, Oh my God, I'm healed. Like, this is amazing. Like all my traumas, everything's gone in this one experience. And then I had like a month of just like total bliss. And I thought like everything was amazing. Oneness, Ben and I had this really beautiful connection for a month. And then 
boom, it was like a light switch went off and I entered a dark night of the soul. And I started to experience, this was the one that went on for 18 months. It was like excessive fear, tons of shame, um, like all this stuff coming through. And that's when I started to connect with the a repressed a sexual traumatic experience I had when I was 19, which I talked about on, on the episode healing sexual trauma. And that um, I had, I had, buried that so deep down that I didn't even realize that that was impacting my life in such a way. And I think that's actually in retrospect, what it was, this spiritual experience was the opening up of this stored trauma, probably in the root of my body <clears throat> and releasing it and basically distributing it all around my body so it could be worked with and healed. And uh, so it was a very painful period. And then I went through, um, the grounding phase, I would say probably, um, or sorry, the void, um, and spent a lot of time in that void state and, um, did a bit of grounding, never made it to the meaning and purpose stage. Um, and then now that was about uh, three years ago <clears throat> and then had a period where I was in the void for a very long time. And I just felt very flat, very like disinterested in a lot. I struggled with work, like all these things. And then I kind of just became almost really adaptive in that stage. And I maybe was between the void and, and the, uh, the grounding stage. And then I, about nine months ago, 10 months ago, I entered another dark night of the soul. And I think this is just, again, an, all the work that happened to that other one expanded me out and I'm being asked to step back in to this arena to do more work. And, uh, but I have a good feeling about this one because I feel like I'm, you know, been moving through like dark night, um, the void, then grounding, then back into some bit of dark night, void, grounding. So I'm going through these stages in these like little bite-sized pieces. And I'm feeling a lot of like, like alignment to my destiny, alignment to my purpose and meaning. So I'm thinking like, this is like the big transformation that I'm going through. And I think I'm really, really becoming aligned to, to my meaning and purpose because I see things there's a lot of clarity, but I'm also quite flat and still like in like a bit of a depressive energy. So yeah, it was a really profound uh, experience. And I'm really grateful that I was able to go through that with a guy like Ben, because he does have the consciousness that I have. And he is a very spiritual person and he studied shamanism and, uh, and different things. So he was able to kind of really, we were able to help each other actually, because he went through a lot of dark things when we were together as well so yeah it was a it was quite an interesting uh and we're, we, we were able to maintain a friendship it's the first partnership i've ever been in that i was able to maintain a friendship i'm not friends with any or don't talk to any of my exes and i still am in connection with ben so it again you know you talk about one of the signs of a spiritual awakening and uh, for me emotional maturity has been huge yeah. being able to tolerate the things that i was so completely terrified of before it's i have a, a lot more capacity to tolerate them now so yeah, that's my that's my story. Yeah. Your first um your first dark night or your first awakening? How old were you? Mm. Well, <clears throat> these three that I characterize are big, like bigger events that happened where there was this period, but I would say, you know, uh I don't I, I would pro I probably would say I was around 25 when I went through that one, but I had an experience when I was younger, around like 15. And I would say that probably was when my consciousness 
like had its first yeah. big expansion, but I would say it probably wasn't, I didn't go through those processes um, because I was using drugs and alcohol, like excessive, like I had a crack addiction. I had all these things. So I don't think my system was able to go through a, an awakening process because I was stalling it with repression and dissociation. So when I stopped associating and started seeking therapy at 25, it's almost like all of that time between 15 and 25 all caught up to me. So I went through a massive awakening period around 25 and uh, the whole course of my life changed at that period. And uh, so, yeah, so I, I would say probably that was the first one that I went through. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think it, it, what's great is, and you said at the beginning is it happens at different times for different people. Yeah. Uh, and there are multiple, I, li I like that you talked about that as well. Um, it's not just like, okay, done. Like usually we have many phases of it, yeah. um, which is, I think very interesting, but some people, I mean, I think these days, I don't know if it's just me, but I'm finding that because there's just more people talking about this, uh, that I think people are waking up if that's what you want to use earlier, sooner. Uh, I think we're asking more questions. I think that's a good thing. I think if there's a viewer or listener who stumbled upon this podcast, who's dabbling with these concepts and ideas, and you're still here, I think that's even part of it, right? Like part of this awakening yeah. process is just, um, getting to um, expose yourself to to these conversations and these different ideas. I think it's happening younger and younger. I don't know if that's true or not. It's just a sense I, I get. Yeah, I totally agree. Well, we're also in a different age too. Like the age of Aquarius is a lot different than the Piscean age. And so that plays into it. And I also think we're now in the age of the feminine, the divine feminine. And that's where a lot of reclamation is happening, you know, on the planet. And the divine feminine is the healer. Right. Yeah, and when intuitive. we're yeah, when we're connected to that divine feminine energy, we can heal and we heal quicker. So we're seeing people waking up a lot quicker. And I'm like, fuck, you know, I, I, you know, <laughs> right? I was in my feminine for like 20 years trying to heal. And I'm like, why am I not healing? <laughs> well, because you can't really like there's an aspect of, of masculinity that's required in healing. Or, and I'm speaking of the energy, but it's more the doer energy and you can't yep. do your way out of like so many things, right? Like you can't, you, it, presence and beingness are the, are the foundation for all healing. If you can't get present and, and be, fuck, you're going to be, you're going to be running on the hamster wheel. And it's, yeah. it's right. And that's why, you know, we, we have uh, the episodes coming up in, uh, what is it? When are they being released? I think in August, 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 yeah, August, September, whatever, around masculine feminine and teaching people how to start to connect with their divine feminine energy, because it's uh, it's extremely important in healing and uh, we need our masculine energy and our feminine energy working together in yeah. harmony. Yeah. Then everything is beautiful, right? So the yin and the yang. The yin yeah. and the yang, exactly. Okay, um, what practices do you have uh, that you help you move through spiritual awakenings? Um, <laughs> what, uh, what practices do I have? So... I speak about this all the time on this podcast. For me, it's nature. I don't know if I want to call that a practice, but I will say being, so. getting into nature. I mean, I live downtown in like a giant city. I still find ways to find nature, right? Even if it means going into a neighborhood that has lots of trees or yeah. a ravine or, you know, the lakeshore. Um, but like I was saying earlier, it's not just, yes, it's getting into nature. That in and of itself will just help ease me after after a long day, especially if I'm doing coaching and I'm talking to like six, seven different clients. Yes. Um, it immediately kind of soothes me, but beyond that, in, ter in terms of this, the spiritual connection piece, it's the presence with it. So I've got my few favorite spots here in the city that I go to, I can get to within half an hour, which are great. And 
yeah, just being there. It's, it's a meditation of sorts. I find meditation for me is very difficult uh, in the traditional sense. But if I can do a meditation where I am somewhere and I am just kind of turning down the volume of my mind and instead just, like I said, experience the world around me, whatever that may be, um, as I am and, and feeling connected to that energy, like the same energy that's going through that oak tree and that's growing that oak tree is the same energy that's making my lungs breathe mm-hmm. or that's animating me and the, the rabbit over there and the other human over there. Right. Um, and just feeling it. So there's what I'm doing here is intellectualizing it by explaining it to you. That's one thing. Yes. But trying to turn that off and just being it and experiencing yeah. it without thinking about it. And sometimes I got to think about it to get there. Like I kind of use that as a launching pad, but then to try to turn off the the thinking of it and just be it uh, with nature. So that's one of my practices. Yeah. Cause I think for me, the reason why is it grounds me. And um, you had talked about grounding as one of the phases, I think. And that's really, really important for me. Cause I, I guess it's my Gemini air sign energy, but I'm very easily like lost up in space in my mind. Yeah. So it, it really brings me back, which is helpful for me. That's probably the bit, biggest one. And then I'm going to add, I'm going to add another one, which is a uh, prayer. Uh, and again, I don't say prayer in the way that maybe you have been taught it in terms of like Catholic prayers. That's what I was taught, but prayer isn't communicating with the divine, with God, with whatever it is you want to, whatever it is you call that, that mm-hmm. energy, that infinite intelligence, whatever that is. Yeah. But connecting with it and communicating with it in a two-way it's like a two-way street one and matt and i have done this before where we'll set intentions and you know ask for guidance and we use our, our tarot or our oracle oracle cards and whatnot or even just asking for signs and then being open throughout the day to receive them yeah. um is really important but like that communication piece is really fun and i think synchronicities and, and symbols is a really fun way to do. I think I think the universe has a sense of humor with me, um, and I like that. So those kinds of practices help me in a way that it's like it can be light. It, it, it this could be a very light, fun experience as well. Mm-hmm. Um, like looking at things like symbolism. Um, I, I don't know if we want to talk about some of those synchronicities, but I think they can be really funny uh, mm-hmm. when we kind of ask for guidance or ask for ask for a sign, and the sign comes in the way you either a sign you don't want. <laughs> Mm-hmm. comes it's like no 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 give me another sign that's not the one i want <laughs> or they come in the most funny ways so i think those are some of uh, those are some of the, the the practices that i would use that that help me because again this could be very confusing i mean this is not tangible stuff we're talking about so these kinds of things helps give me a little bit of something tangible to to to, mm-hmm. to work with and that helps me feel a bit better yeah yeah yeah, it's funny. I'm the same with my, well, my spirit guides are like, I swear I have a spirit guide that is a trickster. And he's always like tricking me. He or she, I guess, is always tricking me. And uh, yeah, like, for example, I'll like pull out Oracle cards and like, you know, shuffle. And for like months, I'll get the same effing card. Yeah. And I'm like, what the heck, man? I'm like, I don't yeah. want this card anymore. This card's dark. Like, give me something different. And then it's like, yeah. you keep getting that same one. So yeah, it's too funny. Yeah, that's not the sign I want. Do it again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Doesn't yeah, work that way. <laughs> that's totally the ego. The ego is just like so preferential. It's like, yeah. Totally. Um, okay, so um, 
I, I wrote down here allowing. Allowing is probably the the, the most important one for me uh, because my ego is so resistant and preferential <clears throat> that it's like the ego starts to recognize its own annihilation, right? Mm -hmm. And it's yeah. like it gets scared and it's like, well, you know, and the, the ego, the thing with the ego is the ego is actually very adaptive. It's here to protect us. It's our guardian. It's right. So we have to actually start to um prepare the ego for submission i call it i'm not a big believer in ego death i think aspects of us can die off but really i, I believe in it's like shedding the ego sheds skin it becomes more flexible right i think i've said that on previous episodes before so when we're when we're practicing allowing it's like we're we're surrendering we're saying i welcome everything i'll bring it onto the table and i'll sit with it and so we're leading with the lens of curiosity rather than judgment right and curiosity is such a powerful weapon on the spiritual awakening path because when we get curious about something we're taking that element that ego plays which is preferential right it's like i prefer it to be like this well what if we were just to be able to get experience or uh, curious about our experience and look for the meaning in what we're going through right like that's a perfect way of of, of dealing with suffering is look for the meaning in our suffering why am i going through this what could possibly be on the other side of this awakening process that i'm being prepared for right that's what i'm asking myself right now and yes it's hard but it's helping because i'm like fuck i've been going through this for 10 months it's been excruciatingly painful and i'm like i must be being prepared for something big because this is huge what i'm going through so something on the other side is coming for me and my guides know it my destiny knows it and it's like you need to unearth all this shit because it's going to wreak havoc in your life life if you don't right so i'm and i think part of it is leadership that's what i'm going through right now i'm learning how to be a leader by learning how to like unearth the things inside me that would prevent me from being able to consciously accept criticism or feedback or all these things right so it's like that's so whenever i look for meaning in something the suffering starts to dissipate that's been huge for me um you know, meditation is tough for me because I'm very air dominant. I'm very, very cerebral, but I do meditation in my own way. So meditation, <clears throat> I think why people seek it is because it, they seek presence. So is meditation the only way to seek presence? Absolutely not. Get out into nature, get still, slow down. You know, one of the things I always tell my clients when I start working with them that struggle with this stuff, and they are very Gemini energy, I'll be like, your, your homework is to slow down by 10%. So slow down how fast you chew, slow down how fast you walk. Um, when you're in the shower in the morning, try and focus on the sensation of the water on your skin, as opposed to thinking about your day and what you're going to be doing. Like these are all ways we can meet presence in very tangible ways. And that's meditative, right? And then sometimes I do actually need meditation and I just try and sit with stillness. And, but the meditation I used to practice before was like, trying to control my mind and trying to, to quiet my mind and silence it. And the mind doesn't like that. So what I started practicing is observational meditation where I just observe and I just, be, I, 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 I enter the seat of consciousness, which is the witness. And I watch the, the craziness of my monkey mind play out. And I don't try and stop it because the monkey mind doesn't want to be stopped. The monkey mind is just a tape that runs constantly. But meditation, I think, is when we when we sit back in the seat of consciousness and we watch the monkey play out and we practice humor with it. And we're like, Fuck yeah, my, my monkey mind is so crazy and so funny yeah. and so trying to protect me. 
right? Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and all these things. And that for me is is meditative. So um, and then one thing that I have here that's really important is seek guidance. So my ego did not want to seek guidance. And I did this journey on my own for many, many years, like I think the first decade, and it was very painful. Like this stuff is like, there's people that have gone through this already. And my ego was like, no, I'm the only one going through this. And I know best and blah, 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 blah. But so when I started opening up, like I've had many, I've hired like, geez, like three, three coaches over the course of this process. Um, like all my processes, the three of them, like three therapists, counselors. Um, I've done shamanic healings. I've done psychic readings. I've done Akashic record reading. I've done so many things. And every single one of these, these people have offered me a piece to my puzzle, right? So that's, that's the thing. I think we're here to understand that we're here to walk each other home, right? As I think it's roomy says that or Ram Das, one of the two, I always get those two mixed up, but you know, we're all here to walk each other yeah. home. That's, that's the whole point of this journey. So if we're not letting ourselves be walked home, then the journey is going to take a whole hell of a lot longer because that person might know a shortcut or know, it can help guide you uh, in getting you to where you're, you're going. Right. Um, it's really, really powerful. And it might uh, be, can I just quickly ask something? It, it might not even be so. that they're trying to teach you, but just in witnessing their experience, mm -hmm. It just you see something that maybe opens something up for you like they're not they might not even be trying to teach you which is you know the power of doing things in community is as you witness other people on the journey it opens up doors for you that you didn't even see on your own journey that are not even necessarily the same doors yeah exactly exactly and presence too like we we are when we're together most times we're present with each other right like when we're when when somebody and we embrace in a hug that's presence Right. And sometimes when we're so isolated and alone, like we're trapped in the the psychology, in the mind and we can't get out. Right. And I experienced that quite a bit. Actually, I could spend a lot of time on my own and I'm like, oh, my God. And then I'm, I'm like creating unnecessary suffering for myself. Perfect example. I took my sister for her birthday dinner last night. And like, I was so present all night with her and we were just in great conversation and I yeah. was attentive to her and we had like heartfelt conversation. And I'm like, this is so soul nourishing. Right. So we, we can't underestimate the power of of community and connection. And uh, yeah, it's, it's really powerful. The last thing I have here is remember that you are expanding and creating capacity. So new energy can come in like yeah. it's kind of like what I said, like, you know, that's an abundance mindset as well. And it's like we know that if we're shedding and grieving and purging that we're making room truly we're making room so we can have. Yes, we're suffering, but there can be a part of us that can say right? Like, I'm grateful, because whatever the heck I'm going through right now, it's making room for the love of my life, the the promotion that I've desperately wanted, like all these things, like this is what this process is for. It's here to annihilate. And it's, it's interesting, too, because I've done a lot of research on the divine feminine energy, because I've created a lot of content on it. And if you look at mythology, the divine feminine energy is the destroyer, it's the destructor, right? Mother Earth, like right, right there's this this energy of destruction it will destroy like with wildfires and hurricanes it's the divine feminine energy comes in and clears out what no longer serves so we when we start connecting with our divine feminine it can also feel as if it's wreaking havoc in our life because it's saying nah right i'm the intuitive part in you saying this is no longer working so we're clearing it out right and most people think the destructive energy and 
uh, is the masculine energy. It's it's not from my from my perspective. It's uh, very much the divine feminine. So, yeah, very interesting. Uh, and I'm happy that you talked about that. And even at the beginning, you know, I want to reiterate that when we talk like about spirituality, I think people think it's supposed to be this very peaceful, feel good kind of thing, which it is. Yeah. But it also feels like shit a lot of the time. It feels mm -hmm. painful and hard. And it is in its own way suffering, even though the irony is, of course, it leads to potentially less suffering. Um, but yeah, it's not a pretty feel good experience a lot of the time. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's exactly, you know, it's it's interesting because in sessions or with in my family or friends, like people will be like, man, you're so wise. Like, where did you get this, like this depth? And my depth came from my suffering. I have <laughs> yeah. suffered tremendously since I was a kid. I've had a lot of experiences. I must have come into this life as, you know, needing a lot of wounding to crack me open so I can do the work that I do. I think I'm a wounded healer. And uh and right. So again, it's like, yeah. yes, it's been painful. I probably have more gray hairs in my chin than I need because of all the suffering and the stress I've been under. But I'm, I've, I've got a depth of character that not everybody has. Right. And I'm, yeah. I'm very appreciative of, of the wisdom that's come out of my suffering. So that's exactly how I, how I describe a dark night of the souls. It squeezes you so hard, you crack open and the mm -hmm. squeezing so hard is painful, but the cracking open is like, imagine a seed, a little thing cracking out of it as the seed cracks open something grows out of it and then that eventually mm -hmm. turns into a tree or, or what have you um yeah. so yeah it's it's really a beautiful thing and also a very painful and destructive thing yeah yeah exactly i feel you all right last question what yeah. has been your greatest learning when it comes to spiritual growth all right i know this is going to sound contradictory <laughs> and it is but that's what spirituality is really <laughs> yeah, exactly. it is that i am extremely powerful and at the same time powerless mm, yeah i love that that's it that's been my my biggest learning is i i have zero power in the ways that my ego wants me to mm -hmm. um and yet i have so much power if i really focus my energy on the right kinds of things so mm. uh, matt you know this uh that surrender has been <laughs> Probably my hardest <laughs> spiritual lesson to learn. It's, it's really hard for me to surrender. I don't want yeah. to surrender. I know the way, yeah. um, but I don't. I don't know the way. Yeah. Um, so I think realizing that, you know, I am powerless to tell most things, but I do have a lot yeah. of power when I when I can focus um, my energy, you know, focus on the things that I do have power over, which, by the way, going to an earlier point, is only in the present moment, not a minute before now and not a minute from now it's just right now right here everything that i'm saying and thinking is the only place that i have any true power exactly. so all the brooding i do about the past all the worrying i do about the future is irrelevant there's yeah. no power there and yet that's where i think a lot of us spend a lot of our time in here right um so yeah it, it, it's it's the knowing that i'm powerless and powerful and then like where that balance is um and then the other piece of it is and i kind of said it already is i really know nothing at the end of the day so everything i just said out out loud on this podcast to all these people i don't know any of that i just i just feel like i know i think i know but there's um i don't know i think that's not a bad thing i don't think i want to to know i don't think i will ever claim to have all the answers on this particular topic because who the hell am i to know right exactly um i i i'm open to I'm open to learning. I'm open to people saying, hey, have you considered this? Or, hey, read this book. Or, hey, have you learned about this? I love that. I love learning about it. And, and Matt, very similar to you, I'm a 
I'm going to take what resonates and leave the rest kind of guy. So I am committed to just being on the path. I'm not committed to knowing the the way, but I'm committed to the journey, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Less force, more flow. I am ready to let go. (laughs) Yes. Thank you. Yeah. The mantra of surrender. Love it. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I what what your share made me think about is like, well, the last part of your share. Um, I sometimes have people comment on my my stuff, and actually, just recently, someone made kind of a rude comment on on a piece of work, and uh, it's like, why does this guy always talk about himself? Was mm-hmm. the comment, and it kind of struck a chord in me, and I'm like, and I thought about it, and I'm like, exactly like what you said, like because I, I don't know for everybody I know for myself right so I'm an anecdotal teacher because I live I have I have lived experience and then I share it that's my dharma that's what I do and I think I you I go back to some of my old content and it's like I was speaking a lot in the you and like we and all of us and these these concepts and like how do I know how do I know that that's why I'm a little bit activated when these like spiritual teachers come on and they're like well the collective is going through this and everybody's going to be experiencing this and it's like how do you know that how do you know that everybody is going to be experiencing this we can only speak from our own shared lived experience and I think that's what my awakening process has taught me is it's like I don't know and and I am right within my truth. I'm not right within absolute truth because absolute truth is so subjective. And it's like people, like there's certain things that can be absolutely true for sure. Yes. But when it comes to this realm and the arena that we're talking about, you can't speak for somebody else. You can't talk about what their experience is like, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm very much more inclined to move towards like qualitative research as opposed to quantitative because it's like, qualitative is the stories of the person and it's like collecting data based off of the, the the gray more of the gray zones and then extrapolating that data and saying this could be true right and i usually mm-hmm. in my writing i will talk about may right yeah. things this may happen right and and stuff like that because i don't know i can't speak for everybody's experience so that would i, I really resonate with what you just shared there because i think it's so important and i know that i'm in ego and usually spiritual ego when I feel like my experience is the right experience and I have to project that onto everybody, right? Mm-hmm. My ego is like, you know, the only way that we can be right is if everyone else is wrong, right? And my soul is like, no, <laughs> you can be right and they can be right, right. And right? So you can have this. So that's kind of a really beautiful, beautiful place to to be in. So um, yeah, I guess some of the greatest things that I've learned is, um the the higher and the lower self I think you know I did a lot of bypassing in the early stages of developing my spiritual practice and I think I've really learned to honor um, my shadow and let him come and have a voice um, sometimes unconsciously too and sometimes I can have a sharp tongue and you know (laughs) ask some of my past lovers they'll know (laughs) but also the wounded part of me, like in the inner child episode, which hasn't been released yet, but we've recorded it. Um, you know, I was able to identify these two parts in me, like this wounded inner child and this father energy. And I have both, right? They're both. So my, my spiritual journey has really taught me that I am I'm multitudinal. I have all of these parts inside of me. And 
I'm, I, I stopped attaching to the preferential ones and being like, okay, the teacher, Matt, the father, Matt, the attractive, Matt, these, these ones are the only ones that I'm going to share. No, right? I'm going to share my wounds. I'm going to share the fact that I'm terrified and that I'm insecure as well. I'm going to share the non-confident mat. I'm going to, right? So all of these parts, the more I do this work, the more I create space for all of my parts to come. And that's, I think, in my opinion, is integration, right? And and a big part of, you know, doing spiritual work is like, we become integrated. Our shadow becomes into the light and it integrates and we're able to kind of work with that so I would say that's been a big one. Um, spiritual ego was a big one. So creating an identity out of being spiritual and then judging others with that ego. Um, you're just swapping one ego out for another. Right? Tricky. That ego's tricky, right? Oh, so tricky. I was in that energy for a long time. And, you know, it's... Yeah, it's just a, it's an aspect of bypassing, but it's again, what is the ego here for? It's here to keep us safe. So why do we develop a spiritual ego? Well, because we are terrified to show people the humanness, the messiness of us, yeah. right? So we develop this like, I'm a guru and I'm going to teach everybody how amazing I am and all this crap. And, and, you know, so I think shedding that away is like, is another step. It's just another layer of moving closer towards an integrated, authentic existence. Um, and then the last thing is like, I kind of describe this, this whole journey really as like an inverted sphere, right? And maybe I'll leave like people with a bit of hope because like when we have this like sphere, it's like at the very top loop is like very long. Everything is very new, right? We're meeting these parts of ourselves that are very new and perhaps our, our consciousness is, is not that high. Okay. So that first lap, when we first drop in is very, very painful, very long. And then we level down, right? And we go around again, but we've met a lot of these patterns and themes because that's what, what we are as human beings. We have these core wounds when we're younger, they create patterns and themes. So the patterns and themes in our lives will usually be the same, right? As we, until we break that karmic cycle and then something new comes in. So the, it's not going to be as long. It's not going to be as hard. We're going to meet a different part of ourselves, but we have a higher level of consciousness, which is why we have to keep looping because our consciousness grows and we're able to meet a new part of ourselves with our expanded capacity. So we go down, we go around another loop. My question is, and I don't know if I'll, uh, if I'll ever be able to answer this until probably the day I die, is like, do we ever fall out of that inverted sphere, right? And, but I'll, I'll, I'll share my take on it. I think yes, but not in the, the greater sense of things. So I think life is an inverted sphere. So will we ever fall out of the inverted sphere of life? Probably not until we we pass, right? And we, we in my, in, from my belief system, we incarnate, we come back in, we start a new sphere. So we will drop out. But I do believe that we can have these mini inverted spheres that are like an issue. For example, my attachment style and what I'm going through and developing from a disorganized attachment into a secure attachment. I view this as an inverted sphere. So I'm moving through and I believe that eventually I will develop a fully secure attachment and I will drop out of that sphere. And then, an, but another sphere will open and I'll yeah. enter it. Right. So we're always in these inverted spheres as we're moving through life. And, you know, the, what I'll, I'll wrap up with this. Don't get too attached to a destination in this work. 
my ego loves the thought that, oh my God, you know, okay, this is the full moon that I'm going to finally be healed. <laughs> and, you know, this is the therapy session I'm going to go to and I'm going to finally break open and all my problems are going to be gone. Like I, I always attach to this concept and, you know, I, I, I view this as like kind of like cruel optimism. Like we're, it's very cruel to keep constantly holding on to this, like, you know, I'm going to get there eventually. And I think the key is to just stop seeking and to start becoming present and just creating presence. And within that presence, it's it's the birthplace of joy. It's the birthplace of play, right? And we stop seeking future, you know, for safety. And we stop pulling the past in to create meaning. And we start to just settle into the now, right? And that's when I think we start to experience more joy and more peace and, and these sorts of things. This is big work. I'm still working on this, right? This is a huge, huge thing for me, but I find that the less I attach to uh, destination, the more peace I find within my, my life. Yeah. That's beautiful. Thank you for, for the visual. Cause that mm -hmm. really helped me. I like mm -hmm. that. That, that helps a lot. The way that I imagine life uh, is a journey. So that helps me in terms of the, the, what you're just saying about the destination. Don't get attached to the destination. It's yeah. like I was saying, like I I'm committed to the journey. I don't think I imagine like life is the journey. And when we die is, home that's when i return home yeah. this whole thing is like i set out on like an exploration a mission to do yeah. i don't know what but so there is no place to land there is no final destination to reach and that destination is the day that i die <laughs> that's mm -hmm. when i've reached the destination because i shoot back home wherever yeah. that may be <laughs> yeah exactly yeah i hope that like when like that time comes like like in passing that we get all the answers you know what i mean i like, would love that it's just like a flash and it's like yes this is the meaning yeah. of life this is why you went through all this like you know i'm super there's a part of me that's terrified of death but there's also a part of me that's quite excited about it like um so yeah i try try to dance in that middle ground uh any parting comments anything that you feel inclined to share before we wrap up here no, that was great. I want to thank you for, you did a really good job uh, explaining this, like teacher Matt really did show up. I know that was an anecdotal episode, but like you did a really good job explaining these concepts and I, I love the way you teach it. So mm -hmm. I just want to say thank you for, you know, uh, having the idea to have this podcast episode. It was your yeah. idea to do, and I'm really happy mm -hmm. we did. And thank you for, yeah, bringing your energy as always to this. Yeah. Thank you. And you as well. I feel really lit up right now. And, uh, you know, just a shout out to people, like if you are struggling, like reach out to yeah. one or Michael and I, we both do coaching around this stuff and we both are very equipped to be able to support you through, um, these types of things that you're navigating. So yeah. please feel free and reach out. And, um, yeah, we've got lots of, both of us have lots of content on like our blogs and on our social medias. And we also do private coaching and uh, stuff around these things. So holla, if you're needing support, we're here That's for you. Right. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, again, thanks for coming in and sharing your your wisdom. And it's always nice to connect with you. For people that are watching on YouTube, um, yeah, I'd love. I guess what what do I want to know from you guys? I want to I want to hear about yeah. What 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 are you navigating right now in your life in this arena? What maybe what stage are you at in your in your awakening um, process? Uh, what's something that you're struggling with right now? Um, or maybe you're experiencing a lot of peace in your life right now, please share that too, because I think on this journey, we can sometimes get so hung up on, you know, the pain and suffering that we're experiencing that we forget that a lot of people are, are going through awakening processes and experiencing a lot of joy and, yeah. and peace as well. So 
yeah, just drop your thoughts and comments in the uh, comment section. That would be wonderful. And uh, you can check us out at gaymensbrotherhood.com uh, for all of the resources that we offer. And yeah, much love on this journey. It's not an easy one, but it leads to lots of liberation and freedom. So keep on going. Ciao for now. Bye, everyone. Mm -hmm.